You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you this morning. Looking forward to uh, sharing the word. Oliver introduced our series last week uh, by talking about how remarkable it is that the creator of the universe, that Jesus would uh, invite us and welcome us into his kingdom and into mission and uh, participating in work in the kingdom of God. And uh, this series comes from this idea that the kingdom of God is established in our lives when we respond to the invitations of Jesus. And there's this this, uh, invitation that Christ extends to us, and when we welcome him, when we receive him, when we respond to his invitation, he comes into our life and he begins to set up his kingdom and uh, build his, his kingdom on the inside out in our lives. And I want to read this invitation in uh, Matthew 4, 18, 22, this invitation that Jesus extends to participate in mission, the invitation to mission. It says, one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Now this story takes place at the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. This is one of the very first things that he does, and he is beginning to gather the followers around him. And he starts with reaching out and connecting with these young men who will become known as his disciples. And um, he extends this invitation to them. He's walking along the shoreline, and he sees these fishermen, these young fishermen, working on their gear, cleaning the nets, fixing the nets, and he extends to them this invitation, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, fish for people, fish for women, fish for children, fish for seniors, fish for uh, everybody. Jesus, I'll make you fishers of humanity. I will let you participate with me, follow me, and you can, you can help build my kingdom. This is such a simple and yet very profound invitation by Jesus. And I wanna share a few thoughts on the significance on Jesus inviting us into mission with him. Uh, the first is this, is that Jesus can reach all people. The story is a great reminder that Jesus often reaches people that look like they're far from him. I wonder if sometimes we look at the people around us and think there's no way they could ever open their heart to Jesus. And sometimes maybe we think of, we have a picture in our mind of of what a, a Christian is or a person of faith. And we look at our friends and the people in, in, in our world and we think, I just can't see them making that jump. And I wonder if sometimes we, we become discouraged and that stops us from taking the risk of reaching out to them. And I would remind you today that Jesus has always built the church with people who don't 
fit the part. He didn't call respected community leaders and people who had influence. He didn't build his church by focusing on wealthy or popular people. He didn't build his church by choosing the most educated or the most experienced. Jesus built the church by calling the young, the inexperienced, the untrained, the unknown, and the unimportant. The young men who put down their nets that day to follow Jesus, those young men did not look or fit the part of the men that they became. You see, when we think of the disciples, we think of them you know, leading the church after Jesus' death and resurrection, then we're coming in to celebrate the Passover season and the Easter season where we remember the death and resurrection life of Jesus. And when he ascends to heaven and the book of Acts is lived out and what happens is the disciples who were with him rise up full of the power of the spirit and they lead the church and miracles happen and thousands come to faith and the church grows and the church spreads and, and great days are upon the church. But you see, those men who led the church, those disciples, those followers of Jesus, it took them like three years before they began to look like that. When Jesus comes up to them and finds them, that's not who they were. And it, it's something that we can be encouraged today that Jesus can reach the furthest heart from him. Be encouraged today that people often find Jesus by taking small little steps, small little shifts towards him, opening their heart, opening their life towards him in his presence in small little increments. Jesus is often at work in people's lives in ways that we don't see, ways that we can't see. Daryl Johnson is a Canadian author and church leader and uh, is based out of Vancouver, very respected communicator and leader in the Canadian church. He, he says this, he says, evangelism is simply joining into a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with someone else. Be encouraged today that some of the people in your life who look like they're the furthest away from Jesus are actually the closest to him because he's at work on the inside of their lives, preparing them, drawing them, ministering to them, calling them. When Jesus invites you into mission, he's inviting you to be a part of the great stories he's already writing. Now, our church as the house is a part of what we call the PAOC, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. That's our, our fellowship of churches that we're a part of all across Canada. And the POC is a great missions organization. One of the primary reasons we are gathered together as an assembly of churches is to help foster and cover the resources and the collaborative work of spreading the gospel and taking the gospel into all parts, all corners, all regions of the world. Every corner of the globe, restricted access nations, you will find uh, PAOC missionaries. And we support as a POC, Ilya and Janet Bantsev in Siberia. So even in Siberia, we have missionaries. Now, I like missions. Um, I pray the Lord doesn't send me to Siberia. 
I would rather say, Lord, send me to the vineyards of Bordeaux or the countryside of Italy or the cobblestone streets of, of Austria. And, and that's, that's where I want Jesus to send me and plant churches. And, but there are churches in every corner of the globe and there are missionaries in Siberia. And the Bansives are based in the city of, now I have, I've been working on this all week and I should get a medal for saying this, okay? They are in, in the Siberian city of Novokuznetsk. It's real, Novokuznetsk. Now, 600,000 people in central Siberia call this their home city. And they left Canada to plant a church here in 1993, and they found that it was very hard ground. And one day, Janet and Ilya were on the street inviting people to church, inviting people to their new work, and they had a 30-second conversation with an addict who was open to change, open to getting better, open to being set free. And they focused on helping this young man get clean and sober. And they invited them into their home. They hugged him and they loved on him and they discipled him and mentored him and worked with him. And not only did he become totally set free from his addictions, but he became full of the Spirit of God, full of God's power and presence and love and anointing and a heart to reach the lost. He picked up that call to follow Jesus and become a fisher of men. And now they were a church of three. And as they began to minister to people in their city, they became a church of four and a church of six who became a church of 12. And before long, they were reaching not only the addicts of their city, but they were reaching the poor and the sick and the orphans, and the hungry. And after their first four or five months there, they had their first baptism service and baptized 12 people who had came to faith in Jesus. And they began to build a church out of those who seemed to be the furthest away from Jesus on the outside. But what they found is when they engaged their lives that Jesus was alive and working on the inside. And they were ready because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And they found that if they would just lean in to the conversations, that they were building a church from those that seemed far from him. Today, 25 years later, hard, faithful service in Siberia. They own their own building in the center of town and they run services and outreach and uh, ministry seven days a week. They run four services each Sunday and their church has grown to over a thousand people. They have planted 21 churches in neighboring cities. They have started four teen challenge bases. Ilya has become the director of teen challenge across all of Russia. They have a base for women and every year they take hundreds of people through recovery and they're set free, and they're filled with the Spirit, and their lives are changed. They started a missionary school. Can you believe that there are 
church planters in Siberia doing a ministry mission training school. They just sent their first trained missionary into Mongolia. And they have plans to send more into northern China and Kazakhstan in the future. And it all started when Ilya and Janet took time to reach one addict who looked far from Jesus on the outside, but was so ready for Jesus on the inside. One 30-second conversation that could have so easily been dismissed, so easily disregarded, so easily overlooked, so easily not have time for, not have faith for, not have hope for, but they had the conversation. And so be encouraged today that some of the people in your life who look like they're the furthest away from Jesus are actually the closest to him. And be courageous to have the 30-second conversation and to find out if Jesus is there, if he's working, because he's inviting you into that. The other is that Jesus always leads us to others. Being invited into mission with Jesus is part of what it means to follow him. I will make a bold statement this morning that would say this, that you can't be a follower of Jesus and not be led to other people. You see, Jesus in his very nature is the good shepherd, the great shepherd who goes out to find the lost, who has a heart for the broken, the disenfranchised, the lonely, those that need healing, those that need community, those that need salvation. In Luke 4, 18, 19, Jesus picks up the scrolls in the temple and he reads from the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus says this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And Jesus is making a declaration that the time of the Lord's favor, the time of salvation, the time of freedom, the time of newness, the time of healing, of deliverance is upon us. It's upon me and it's upon my people. And we are going to minister to the world around us. Jesus is all about finding the lost and wandering souls of this world. This means that if you're following Jesus, you'll also end up with the lost and the wandering souls of this world. I would say it like this. If Jesus gets on a bus and goes to Vancouver and you are following Jesus, you end up in Vancouver. You go where Jesus goes when you're following him and where Jesus goes is to the lost and the brokenhearted and those that need him. And when Jesus invites us to follow him, he's inviting us to become fishers of men. When we follow Jesus, when Jesus says, follow me, he's inviting us to participate in mission, in the building of his kingdom. And we will find the lost. We will find the people that need him. I recently heard the Canadian director of Alpha, Shayla Visser, who's uh, a sharp leader. She's a, a wonderful communicator, does a really great job. She's in charge of all of Alpha Ministries across Canada. And um, she shared about the impact that Youth Alpha is having on our country. 
So Youth Alpha is something that's fairly new. They didn't actually have Youth Alpha. Um, Jason Ballard, who's a youth pastor, one of our PAOC youth pastors in Langley, now planting a church, passion for the lost, passion for Jesus, passion for youth. He was desperate to help find a way to help youth find Jesus, help Jesus find youth. And he loved the Alpha Ministries and saw how effective it was, but he thought, could there be a better way to do it, to set it up, refilm it, reshoot it in context, in the branding, in the way it's done to really hit and penetrate the hearts of youth in our country. And so they checked with Alpha as an international organization. And, and one of the things that Alpha does so well is if you go to an Alpha group in any part of the world, they all look and feel the same. They use the same branding, the same messaging, the same video series, and they've learned that it works and it's the best way to kind of, it's, so there's a little bit of a, 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 a tight hold on that. And after Jason knocking on the door saying, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. I've got a heart for youth, we gotta do this. Finally, they relented and said, yeah, you can do it. So they shot the videos, they produced the whole thing and they launched Youth Alpha in Canada first and now it's gone across the globe. And it all started with one guy who had a heart to reach the lost. And of the 2,200 Alpha courses that ran in Canada last year, 400 of them were youth alpha courses in high schools. And they didn't exist a few years ago. And now it's happening, and now it's going all across the globe. And it all started with one youth pastor with a burning desire to reach the lost. Not satisfied to just follow Jesus, but to follow Jesus and be a fisher of men. The youth pastors in Calgary, in case you're wondering, I cried in Starbucks this week when I was writing my talk as well, so I just got to share that with you. The youth pastors in Calgary led the charge. They did a huge citywide push initiative for training in August last year to launch Youth Alpha. And they got together and they began to pray and they began to seek the Lord and they thought, you know what, we should have a Youth Alpha in every high school in Calgary. And so they had all the youth pastors, invite all the kids, and they all came to a, a one-day training day, late August on a Saturday. They showed up to a church, church basement, like every other church basement, with those round tables, the bad coffee in the corner. And all these youth showed up, and they took the name of every school, and they put it in the middle of the table, and there was a table for every school in Calgary. They said, when you come in, you find your school, you sit down, you introduce yourself to people, you get to know one another, you're gonna spend the day training and praying, and planning together, so when you hit the year, you're gonna do it awesome. One of the tables had only one student show up. And they came and they looked at her, she's grade 11 student, the youth pastors didn't want her to be discouraged or frustrated and you know, kind of set her up to maybe fail or whatever, and they wanted her not to be, they wanted her to be more encouraged and discouraged, and so they said, why don't you come, and there's a school right close to her, said, come and participate with them. You can even come and be a part of their Alpha. You can still learn how to do it. Maybe next year you can, you can do Alpha for your school. It turns out that this grade 11 girl student, female student, had been picked on and had been bullied in her school. And she said that she felt that God had called her to reach her school with the love of Jesus. And she said, if it's okay with you, I'd rather sit at my table alone 
and I want to stand in the gap, and I want to represent my school, and I want to carry the love of Jesus to my school. And the youth pastor thought, well, can't really argue with that. So they let her, and she sat there for the whole day and went through all the training all by herself. Most of the alphas that run have around 12 people in them. And that year, last year in the fall, and she went to host her alpha, and 150 kids showed up. And she took hundreds of kids through Alpha last year. This one shy, picked on and bullied student in grade 11 said, I want to follow Jesus and I want to follow him to the lost and the hurting. And she just stepped up in faith and she answered the call. And many people have been rich, reached for Jesus through her life. You see, when you follow Jesus, you will be led to the lost and wandering souls of this world because that is where Jesus is going. And when you follow him, it's where you go. It's who you come in contact with. Jesus is alive in their lives and he's writing a story. And you get to participate in that story. You are welcomed and invited in to mission and to building the kingdom of God when you follow Jesus. I'm gonna get the band to come. If you would just uh, come, we're gonna get ready to close. I appreciate you being a part of us this morning. Just one other thought that I see from this scripture this morning that I, I wanna share. And it's that mission brings significance to our lives. Could it be that one of the benefits of participating in mission with Jesus is it brings a new level of significance and meaning and purpose into who we are? Think about these fishermen. Their, their fathers were fishermen. Their grandfathers and great-grandfathers were fishermen. Most likely, their own kids were going to be fishermen. There's no opportunity to go to university and do something else or something amazing. Most likely it's all they've ever done and it's all they'll ever do. Fishing was dangerous work. It was hard work. It was a difficult way to scratch out a living. Nobody got rich. It wasn't easy to do. And when Jesus finds these fishermen, they're repairing their nets and washing their nets. Now I'm not a fisherman. But I can imagine that fixing and cleaning the nets is probably one of the worst parts of the job. Here's the way I picture them, and they're working on their gear. They're sitting in the hot sun with the stink of dead fish on their hands and their clothes, and like you can't, it, it won't go away. It's just always there. And they're thirsty and their lips are dry and chapped and their, their skin on their cheeks is stinging from the wind and the salt air and the sun. And I see them fixing the nets, maybe the same hole and the same tear that they've already fixed a hundred times, saying, I'm so tired of doing the same thing over and over. What the heck am I doing this for? Does it even matter? Is there even a point? 
knowing that tomorrow they're just gonna get up and do the whole same thing over again, and the day after that, and the day after that, thinking, what is this all about? Do you ever have those days? What's the point of all this? I wish I could do something else. I wish I could do something different. I wish I could do something that really mattered. I wish I could do something that counts. And instead, I'm spending all of my best days sitting here fixing these nets and trying to wash the smell of fish off my hands. What is this all for? And I picture the disciples having one of those days when Jesus walks by and he looks at them and he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come be a part of my mission. Come reach the lost and the wandering souls of this world. Come help build my kingdom. Come have a part of something that really matters and that lasts for all eternity. Come be a part of my work because it matters and it counts and it's significant and I'm writing stories in people's lives and they're going to find me and I'm going to build my kingdom for all eternity. Come follow me and be a part of that. So many of us are looking for purpose and meaning in our lives. Might I humbly suggest to you today that following Jesus and getting involved in the bigger picture of what he's doing in the world is the single most effective way to bring significance and meaning to your life. I submit to you the meaning of your life is not defined solely by your job or your accomplishments or all the things that we work so hard for and base our identity on. The meaning and the purpose and the significance of our life is about joining into the kingdom of God and letting Jesus work and flow through us. And guess what? You don't have to be a pastor to do it. You don't have to get paid by the church to do it. You don't need to have an official role or title in the organized church. You don't have to lead an official ministry because we are all called to follow Jesus and become fishers of men. It's what we're all called to do. And that means wherever you are, whoever you're called to be, you're called to be a fisher of men in that. Jesus comes to these fishermen and says, I'll make you a fisher of men. I'll give you significance. Could he come to each one of us as contractors, as teachers, as police officers and nurses and accountants and office workers and software designers and tech startup people and moms and dads and all the things that we do and all the things that our life is about and our entrepreneurial efforts and all those things, could he come to that and he could say, I'll make you significant in that. I'll bring life, I'll bring purpose in that. Because when you follow me, bring that, bring you, bring your life and follow me with it. 
And I will make it significant. I will make it count. I will make it be a part of something. You see, Jesus is at work in this world. He is at work in ways that we miss and we do not see. But if we have the courage to lean into the 30-second conversations, not to turn somebody in to the three-year mentored, discipled, I'm leading the church Christian, just the 30-second conversation to find out if they're open to Jesus, to just following him. And one day they'll, they'll get there. They're going to take many steps. I would suggest to you that we all find significance and purpose when we see the power of Jesus working through us, wherever we are in our life. I wanna close today by just praying over you and we're gonna sing together and then we'll be dismissed. So um, can I invite you to stand? I'm just gonna get us all to stand where you've been sitting for a while. I thank you for listening to me uh, as we get ready to kinda close today. I want to give a challenge and a charge. And if you want to respond in this moment, I'm, as we pray, I'm going to ask for you to hold your hands upraised, your, your hands out with your palms up as an invitation. This is what it's for. If you would say, Jesus, I need courage. I need courage to lean into those 30-second conversations. I need sensitivity to your spirit to know who you're speaking to. I need boldness. I need anointing. I need ears that hear and eyes that see. I need empathy and compassion. I need patience. I need room in my life to think about others, to take the shot, to take the chance, to take the risk. So Jesus, in this moment, in this moment, I pray that you would fill us, that you would empower us, that you would empower this church, you would empower these lives, these homes, Lord, that are here. I pray for those that would open their hands in this moment and say, Jesus, fill me with the Spirit. Fill me with power. Fill me with courage. Jesus, forgive us for dismissing and pushing aside the conversations. Help us, Jesus in every area of our life, every relationship circle, to be sensitive, but to be courageous. Oh, Jesus, that there would be courage and anointing by the Holy Spirit in a new measure. That you would help us to see that you don't just come to us and say, follow me into heaven. Follow me and be forgiven. You say, Jesus, follow me. Follow me. Follow me and take me. Take us, Jesus, to the lost, to the hurting. Follow me and make you fishers of men. Jesus, do that in our lives and in our hearts. Help us to have faith to know that you're already working in the lives of the people around us and that you've placed us there as an extension of your kingdom. May there be fruit 
and great stories of you showing up. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.